When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, last week's episode was all World Series, so I promise we're going to talk Pirates baseball for this first segment, a little World Series in the second, but okay, it is the Pirates podcast to be named later. we got to talk some Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf, and I want to talk about Kevin Newman here in this first segment. Because he's someone who, coming into last year, I wasn't sold. I He was coming off very poor 2020 and 2021 seasons at the plate. He, might, he was a Gold Glove nominee at shortstop in 21, but that was not nearly enough with the offensive production. The Pirates had options up the middle. And it, it looked like I kind of thought he was a dead man walking with the roster spot, especially whenever he got hurt early in the year. Instead, he turned in a really solid season. The glove wasn't quite where it was in 2021. The bat wasn't where it was in 2019. But all in all, a little above average defense, a little below average offense, but with a good batting average. He turned into a good baseball player. That was a good season. It might have only been 78 games, but he was one war. It was a good year. Where do you go from that? How much is left in this relationship between the Pittsburgh Pirates and Kevin Newman? Because there were some signs kind of pointing that, hey, this might be the end of the road in 2022. But he played well. You can't not tender him. Which is something that I thought was a real possibility. You know, back whenever it was May and June and he was not playing that well and was hurt. You can't not tender him. You got to tender him a contract. And that's fine. He's not going to make a lot. He's got another year of team control remaining after this. The middle infield, you got Rodolfo Castro, you got O'Neill Cruz, you got Pagero and Gonzalez waiting in double A, triple A. They should both be on a major league radar at some point next season. You've got G1 Bandiel Castillo. You've got options up the middle. Kevin Newman is an above-average position player. At least he put up above-average results last year, and that's good. This, this is a team that would, boy, oh, boy, do they need players who are above-average right now. 
but it comes at the cost of, well, Pirates also have a couple really good middle infielders who could be taking big steps in 2023. So what do you do with Kevin Newman? I view it as you've got two choices. You keep him and you play him somewhere in this mix. I guess it should be three choices, two ways to keep him. One would be as a utility infielder, backup, and the other is as, is as a starter. And I just can't justify as a starter right now because – Okay, if it's not Rodolfo Castro or O'Neill Cruz proves he can't play shortstop and he's got to go to the outfield, or if there's just something up the middle, there are other young players with more team control waiting in the wings right there. And yeah, Kevin Newman might be a slightly better option than them at, at this moment, but you you can't just think about 2023. You got to think about 24, 25, 26, 27. And Newman is a free agent after the 2024 season. So I don't know unless, you know, he hits like he did in 2019 and feels like he did in 21. I just don't see much of a window where you go into next year thinking Kevin Newman can make 150 starts at shortstop, second base, or, you know, combination of the two. The next option is to keep him as a backup infielder. Maybe even make him a utility man. Derek Shelton hinted at the end. He he brought up how in 2019, Kevin Newman played a little bit of outfield, which he did, believe it or not. You know, it was very emergency basis. But he did play a little bit. Maybe that's something that's on the table. Find him at bats there, make him a super utility. Not really a big fan of this either because A, a lot of his value comes from defense now. So you're taking that away from him. If you're making him play, you know, a a poor man's left field or third base or first base or something like that, you take away a big part of where he is a valuable baseball player, where he does excel on the field. The second is if he's starting two games or so a week, this is a guy who doesn't draw walks. He doesn't have extra base power. He, Whenever he is working offensively, he is flaring base hits. He is hitting it hard on the ground through the 5.5 hole. He is doing leadoff hitter-ish things. You know, that, that stereotypical what you think a leadoff hitter does. Can he stay in that groove if he's not playing every day? We saw a little taste of it in 2019. That didn't turn out well until he became an everyday starter. Now, obviously, that is a rookie year compared to someone who has been in this league four plus years now. Doesn't guarantee it's going to be the same result. But it stands to reason that this is a guy who plays well whenever he is an everyday player. So that leaves a third option on the table, which, again, I'm not crazy about any of these options at the moment, but maybe trade is the way to go. And the <laughs> and look, you're not going to get a King's Hall for him, but if, 
you could get a reliever. You could get a beyond a fringe prospect or just something like that. Like, hey, we like this minor league player. Because a lot of teams are going to see Kevin Newman and be like, yeah, we can make him a utility infielder. Or yeah, we can make him the shortstop. He's got two years of cheap team control. That's fine. Let's go with that. But I'm not really a fan of this move either because, like I said, this team needs more good position players and he's an above average one. He put in an above average season in 2022. So what? What do you do with Kevin Newman? It's it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't at this moment. I think Kevin Newman, if he returns in 2023, could be an above-average baseball player again. I don't know if that's necessarily good enough, though, given where he plays on this diamond. I, I, I've written this in the past. I don't think this rebuild... I, I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel here. I don't think we're in the early stages of it that much anymore. Because there is an O'Neill Cruz up here. There is a Rodolfo Castro up here. There are Gonzalez and Peguero presumably coming up next year. There are a lot of good young players or players with at least some upside that are in this mix finally. It's not claiming every Ildemaro Vargas off of waivers, even though this team made, wow, so many waiver claims. And that was something I, I asked. I asked Ben Sherrington during the final media availability. I, I tried to ask it delicately, like, given roster construction, do you think like this is maybe a team next year that will use less players? He's like, you mean using less players than the National League record? Which they were one off of. Which is like, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. I didn't want to say it so bluntly, but thank you for recognizing it. That's good. That's a good problem to have. It does force some guys out who only have two years of control remaining. There are holes on this team. And I don't see Kevin Newman being the starting first baseman next year. He might be able to bring in someone who is a first base prospect or has some sort of potential to play there. You can bring in a reliever. You can bring in another starting pitcher type to compete with the Oviedo's and the Brew Bakers and the Bryce Wilson's. And we, we see what's going on in the back end there. You keep him for now though. You definitely tender him a contract. He played well enough to earn that. What happens in 23? Will we see him in Bradenton? Go find out. But I have a I have a feeling he's the type of player that some team who misses out on a Carlos Correa or one of these big middle infielders is like, all right, we we need a we need a back end here. We need a backup plan. He could be that. But again, I, I, I'm not really advocating for a trade here because, like I said, this team needs good players. He had a good season. It's just sometimes you have a couple players with really good seasons and they all kind of yeah, they, they just spread out a little bit. 
<laughs> this is why people were complaining. Or like, why do you get so many shortstops? Well, sometimes you just need to get the shortstop and hope some of them click and maybe you move one. Maybe you do move one. Maybe Cruz is an outfielder. Maybe Rodolfo Castro is a first baseman. Who knows? But I there's just so much depth in that middle infield right now that I, I think Kevin Newman's getting squeezed a little bit. We're going to take a break. Whenever we come back, uh, I, I got something to say about the World Series. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later. Look, I I wasn't really looking forward to this World Series because I've already made my point last week that the Phillies really don't deserve to be there based on what they did over 162. And nobody really likes the Astros because of the cheating scandal and what's going on there. And I know I'm not alone in those thoughts, maybe less so with the Phillies, but just in general, I don't think most of baseball has forgiven the Astros. With that said, this is an awesome World Series. This is one of the best we have had since, this is the best since 16. And before then, ah, 11, (laughs) he says, naming the Cubs and Cardinals last World Series. I'm sure that'll go really great on the Pirates podcast. But we, these last couple World Series, even the ones that go, you know, six or seven games, there have been a couple clunkers in there. Not this time. Every single one of these games has had something memorable. Game three, five home runs. Lance McCullers was clearly somehow tipping his pitches that Bryce Harper saw in that first inning, and he said, hey, guys, let's go. We are go- we're feasting on Lance tonight. Game four, how do you follow that up? Oh, I don't know. You know hit them. Game five, that game five was if you wanted some clutch hits, you wanted some moonshots, you wanted some great defense, some great pitching. It had a little bit of everything in that. We saw the same thing in game one, too. There hasn't been a clunker yet, and I'm, it's, you know it's a good World Series. Whenever the team that wins that night is the one you think, well, they're going to win it all. Like I, 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 last week, I said after the Phillies win game one, yeah, sure, they'll win it in seven. And then the next night, the Astros went on. I'm like, oh, boy. That prediction is not going to age well. And then the game three, okay, Phillies are going to win. Game four, no, it's the Astros. It's it's been a great back and forth. And I look, these two teams are not evenly matched. The the Astros are just this death star of great homegrown players where they're like, yeah, sure, we lost Correa. Who cares? We got Pena. 
We've got Framber Valdez. We've got all these great homegrown pitchers. They are just this absolute machine. And the Phillies, the Phillies are not a great team, but they are too stupid to know they aren't a great team. And it's, it's led to some really interesting baseball. You've got Justin Verlander and, and uh, Bryce Harper playing for their legacies, more or less. Verlander finally, 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 after three decades of playing in World Series, finally gets a World Series win. Bryce Harper has had some great at-bats this series. He is playing hard. He is playing like he knows his legacy might be on the line. Yeah, he's probably going to go into the Hall of Fame whenever this is all said and done. But I think a lot of people were expecting that whenever he, he signed as a 17-year-old. Like, hey, this could actually happen. This is a, Bryce, if you win a World Series here, whenever we look back on your career, you see World Series champion, two-time NL MVP. Like, it, it becomes like, a, okay, this is a great, this is an all-time great resume. This is a resume that, ooh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. Mike Trout doesn't have a ring. <laughs> Mike Trout hasn't even won a playoff game. If Bryce Wilson, not Bryce Wilson, wow, Bryce Harper. If Bryce Wilson wins a World Series this year, he's got his ring already. He got it with Atlanta last year. But if Bryce Harper wins one, he can have that edge over Mike Trout in the great debate of, like, who is better be like a Marino Elway where like yeah Marino was better but Elway had rings at the end this has been a very entertaining World Series I wish the games would move a little faster still I can't wait for the pitch clock think about it we have one maybe two games left without a pitch clock oh I cannot wait for it I, I complained about that last week. Go, I'm done complaining about the World Series. I'm just going to geek out here as a fan of the game of baseball. This is the series we deserve. We just deserve two teams just throwing everything they have at each other. This is good baseball. And it's something that the sport has been missing in World Series for a while. A deep series doesn't always guarantee a good series. And I think we've seen that lately. This has been one of the best series of the 21st century. Okay, so I've, I've got to finish this right here. 2016 Cubs, 2011 Cardinals. What are some of the other greats? that we've seen uh, just this millennium. Oh, one diamondbacks. I mean, that, that might be the actual best of like just back and forth the entire time, all the way through. Oh, two angels. That was peak Barry bonds versus just an angels team going all out. I think that might be. And then, and then yeah, 11 and 16. I think those are the, and then I'll say this one. Those are my top five World Series of this millennium. Which no one is going to like those picks because half of them are rivals. But hey, 
to the Pirates. It's 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 impartial here. It's been good World Series baseball. We're gonna take one more break. We'll be back here in a minute. We're going to close this one with just a random baseball thought, and, and it's back to what I said about Trout. Actually, if, if Harper gets the World Series and whenever we look back at the end of their careers, how early on it's like, okay, Trout, Harper, who's better? Well, Trout was the better baseball player, but Harper also had multiple MVPs, and if he gets a ring on top of that, there's a case for it. I don't think you need to have a ring to be an all-time great, but <laughs> what a coincidence, almost all of the all-time greats do have rings, so it kind of works out pretty well for itself. Interesting to see how the rest of this series goes. I, I've been geeking out about it. It's We deserved a series like this, especially with how this year started. This year that almost didn't happen, that started late, that almost wasn't 162, well, hey, it's at least finished in spectacular fashion. We'll get a little bit more, I'll, I'll, we got one more episode left before, you know, the World Series is done and booked and it's all in the bag, so we'll talk a little bit next week just to wrap this all up. So be sure to listen wherever you find fine podcasts. You'll find this one here for some reason, too. Thank you so much for listening to the Pirates podcast to be named later. We'll talk again next week. Bye.